grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. It has been our practice over the last several years that uh, with the week of Vacation Bible School, we have the closing service on Sunday, especially having an opportunity to share with the congregation the uh, five different lessons under the theme of the VBS theme, which this year is road trip, and to hear also those beautiful Bible true stories that we were able to share with the children and now be able to share with all of you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is a number of them, and we're going to break down this entire sermon into the five lessons of Vacation Bible School, all under the theme, Road Trip, Route 316. And 316 is coming from the Bible, John 316, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave us one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This week with Vacation Bible School, we visited a number of places, and the first one was the Grand Canyon. I've had the privilege and honor to actually see the Grand Canyon with my own eyes. In fact, spent all day, and you can take a bus and stop at different places uh, to catch it, and you'll still not see the entire Grand Canyon. And of course, the thought always is, when you look at it, is you find yourself just taken back, it's breathtaking to look at. But is this a little water over millions and billions of years, or could this possibly be a large amount of water in a short period of time? It could have been developed and, and it was carved out with the flood. It could be that God from the very beginning made it that way. But the truth of the matter is, is, is no matter how great of an athlete, athlete you are, if you try to take a good running start and try to jump across it, you will fail. You cannot. And let's say you're not an Olympic athlete who's trained for years and, and is in perfect shape and, and muscles. Even if you gave it your best shot, you would still fall. Or even if you were running, and let's say you forgot to tie your shoes, and you tried to take a leap and fell off the very edge of it, you still could not get across. We are reminded in our lesson with Vacation Bible School that no matter how great your sins are, or even how little, we fall short of God's glory. And therefore, because of sin, we are worthy of God's punishment. And yes, the punishment is death and even death in hell. God hates sin. And he certainly hated the sin that the Israelites were committing. We heard the lesson this week of how the Israelites, whom God had taken out of Egypt, freed them from that land of slavery. They are now wandering in the desert 
And they'll do that for 40 years before the Lord will lead them to the promised land of Canaan. And during that time, the Lord had been showering them with special bread that, that tasted like honey. And it was called manna. And then, while in the desert, the Lord even provided uh, water for them, and, uh, and along with that, even meat. They would have quail that would come into the camp. They didn't even have to work for it. The Lord would just give it to them, bless them with it. This was an amazing time, because during this entire time, we're told that the Lord so blessed the people of Israel that not even their clothes and sandals wore out. But... After eating manna for some time and quail, the people began to grumble. They grumbled to the point where they took it out on Moses, and Moses is simply the representative of God. He was certainly preaching to the people God's word. But they were angry, not just towards Moses, but towards the Almighty himself. They complained, they grumbled to the point where the Lord had to wake them up from their sinful grumbling and complaining by sending in poisonous snakes. And these poisonous snakes bit many of the people and they died. The people realizing that this was coming from the Almighty God, they turned to Moses and said, pray for us. We have sinned against God and against you. Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord answered the prayer by telling Moses to do something very unique. He told him, make a snake and put it on a pole for everyone to see. So he made a bronze snake and, and put it on a pole for everyone to see. And all who saw it, even after they were bitten, they lived. They didn't die. Now it wasn't because of the snake on the pole and that we should interpret these words as something very superstitious or witchcraft-like. No, they were saved by looking to the pole and trusting in the promises of God. And by the way, that same pole and that snake on that pole reminds us and points us to Jesus who was also raised on a pole. He was nailed to the cross, paid for our sins and paid for them in full. This is the Son of God who is the Son of Man. He lived the life we could not live, and that is a perfect life. He suffered the punishment for sin, and a punishment that you and I could not suffer and live. And he did that in our behalf. And God's beautiful invitation was the same invitation that he told the people of Israel, look, and with that believing heart in God's promise, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So even though none of us can jump across the Grand Canyon, even though none of us can pay for our, our own sins, Jesus did pay for those sins, and he paid for them in full. We read from Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, For people... It is impossible, but not for God, because all things are possible for God. Our next place that we stopped at was the St. Louis Arch, that beautiful arch 
which actually reach us 630 feet in the air. We, I even was told by a member who has actually visited, visited it that you can actually go inside and you sit in this egg-shaped um, uh, egg type container and, and it jerks back and forth as it ratchets up to the top where you can go on top and look out. It is supposed to be the gateway to the West. And it was dedicated during to celebrate Lewis and Clark going and discovering the West. Now, this is a great monument. Could you imagine all the people that were involved in the making of this arch? And, and the math that had to be used and the skill set that, that was called for in order to put such a monument together and to make it safe for people to come to even years and generations later. Now one thing that when you look at the arch, we have to be reminded of, that even though mankind can do great things, one thing mankind cannot do is raise someone from the dead. You and I can't conquer death. We can't stop it. But Jesus can. We heard about an episode where there was a synagogue ruler, a church leader, who, his name was Jairus. And he came to Jesus, begging Jesus for help. His 12-year-old daughter was terribly sick. In fact, she was dying. And he begged Jesus to come and, and if he would heal her. Jesus said he would, and he followed him home. But as he was going home, some friends of the family came and said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. But Jesus turned to Jairus and told him that, let's go to the house. Believe was Jesus' invitation. When they got there, there was a great number of mourners already there, crying over the death of the 12-year-old. Jesus responded to them with, why are you crying? She is not dead. She is but asleep. And all of a sudden, all that crying and wailing turned into laughter, no doubt mocking the Lord. What was he talking about? She's not dead, but asleep. Jesus ordered all the people out of the room and just took Jairus and his wife, along with three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. Jesus went into the, the, the girl's room and he held her hand and said to her, Little girl, get up. And immediately she got up. Jesus invited the parents to give her something to eat. Jesus raised this girl from the dead. This is the Son of God who has power over death itself. So you and I now live knowing that that very same Son of God who paid for our sins on the cross has won for us life after death. We no longer see death as an end of life, but really as a beginning to a new life and a new life in heaven. Because our Savior, who paid for our sins, has power 
unlike any other person in this world, he alone has power to grant life. We continue with Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Our next place was to Walt Disney World. And I have actually been to Walt Disney World. Actually did it when I was in college. We were asked by the Wisconsin Synod, our church body, if any college student wanted to go on what was called the TCW, a Travel Canvas Witnessing. We actually went to a church and, and went door to door, knocking and inviting people to church. And one of the breaks we had was we got to go to Walt Disney World. And it was a delight to go. I, I got to honestly say, my favorite time was taking the ride, which was known as the Pirates of the Caribbean. You, you went through this door and this darkness, and then you dipped down, and, and you went into this big lagoon with, with all the ships and, and, of course, all the animation. Oh, it was a delight, and it will always hold a fond memory. But I have to honestly say, it wasn't cheap to go. In fact, it was quite pricey, if you've ever been to Walt Disney World. Now, money is a blessing from God. It's a resource that God has given us to use, yes, to take care of our family. We use it in connection of even paying our taxes and helping the needy, and, and, uh, and included with that, even supporting the ministry as we further proclaim God's holy name to the ends of the world. But one thing about money we must always be aware of. It doesn't give us happiness. It doesn't give us eternal life. And be careful of becoming greedy with it. Jesus met a man who is known as a rich ruler. So not only did he have great wealth, but he had also a great position. And he runs up to Jesus as Jesus was traveling and making his way to Jerusalem. And he asked Jesus the question that has been asked by many. What must I do to be saved? It was the wrong question to ask, but he asked it anyway. Because the emphasis is what I must do instead of looking to what Jesus has done. Jesus replied to him, well, obey the commandments, and you will have eternal life. Well, which commandments? The man asks. Jesus starts referring to what we would call the second table of the law, all the commandments that deal with loving your neighbor. Do not kill. Honor your father and mother. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not covet. And do not commit adultery. The man says, I have done all these. I've done these since my youth. Now, grant you, he may have made the best attempt in following the commandments, but did he follow them perfectly all the time? No. But he, that's what he claimed. So now Jesus said, there's one more thing for you to do. Give all your money to the poor and come follow me. And we're told that the man walked away sad because he had a great love 
for money and position and power. Jesus replies to his disciples, how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven whose love is not the Lord God above all. That led the disciples to ask the question, well then who can be saved? And then that is when Jesus said, for people it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. And only in Jesus Christ are we saved. We enjoy this life. And what a beautiful life that God has given us. And yes, we live in a world that has been cursed by sin. But every day we live our lives not just trying to build our own castles. and We don't live our lives trying to establish our name. We live our lives the heart that loves the Lord above all, knowing that the very God who saved us is the very God who blesses us. Be thankful for those blessings. And that includes the blessing of money. We read from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. Let everything you do be done in love. Our next stop was the Statue of Liberty. And that Statue of Liberty reminded us of kindness and freedom. And kindness was definitely shown by a slave girl who blessed her master with freedom. The Lord used this slave girl. She was an Israelite, and she lived in the northern kingdom of Israel. Right just north of that kingdom was the, the country of Syria. And they were an enemy of Israel. They attacked Israel and took a number of people into captivity, including a slave girl, and we do not even know her name. Her, her master would actually be the wife of her master. So she was serving the wife, and we don't know her name, but we do know the name of the husband, the master. His name was Naaman. He was a general in the Syrian army. He was a warrior. He was strong and mighty. But he had sores all over him. He had a skin disease called leprosy. And there was no cure for it. One day the slave girl said to his master's wife, If only my master would see the prophet in Israel, he would be cured. He would help him. So after his wife informed Naaman of what the slave girl said, he decided to fill up a cart full of gold and silver and fine clothing, and he headed to Israel. And he comes to the home of the prophet of Israel, Elisha. He comes to speak to him about curing him, and Elisha won't come out to meet him. In fact, Elisha sends out a servant to tell Naaman, simply go to the Jordan River in Israel, dip in it seven times, and you will be healed. Naaman is irate. Oh, he doesn't even come out to, to, to speak to me. 
And second of all, he doesn't even come to pray to his God or even wipe his hand over my sores. He simply tells me to go to a river in Israel and dip in seven times when there's clearly better rivers in Syria. And so he left. His servants came and stopped him and said, if the prophet had asked you to do a difficult thing, wouldn't you have done it? Now that he asks you to do something so simple, why not try it? He relents and goes to the Jordan River, dips himself in seven times, and was cured. He goes back to Elisha and wants to give him the silver and the gold and the fine clothes. He wants to pay for it. Elisha won't take it. This is a blessing that comes from the Lord. And therefore, in not taking it, Naaman confesses to Elisha that there is no other God except the God of Israel, the triune God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the one true God. And Naaman came to faith. And it all started from a kindness shown by a young slave girl who loved even her enemies. We continue with the words recorded in Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names have been written in heaven. Our last stop was the Rocky Mountains. And one thing about the Rocky Mountains is we're blessed to actually be on the foot of one of the mountains. But that's only a small snippet of the whole Rocky Mountain range. I have children who, who tell me that they are very dedicated to try to visit all the national parks. But no matter what wonders you go see, it, once again, is very breathtaking. It is beautiful. But I also have to say this. is all the beauty and wonders of even the Rocky Mountains, it will never compare to the beauty and wonder of heaven itself, where there is no more sin, no more suffering, no more pain, no more death, no more sadness. Being before the throne of God, and joining all believers in that great family reunion, giving praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the very Savior himself, our God. It was the Lord Jesus who, after he rose from the dead, 40 days later will ascend into heaven. During that 40-day period, he will continue to preach and teach and show himself to to many people, even meeting with 500 at one time. After the 40-day period, he grabs his disciples and he goes just outside of Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives. And there, he will instruct them to wait for the power that the Father will send, the Holy Spirit. And then he commands them to go and be his witnesses and, and to witness starting in Jerusalem, 
in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, like a pebble being dropped in the water, and, and the waves continue to go out. Starting in Jerusalem, we continue to go out to the ends of the world, being his witness. It was after that that Jesus raised his hands and began to bless them, and as he did, he started rising. He rose so high that he actually disappeared in the clouds. The disciples were looking up in the clouds, focusing and trying to look for Jesus, and, and two angels appeared and said, why are you looking up into the heavens? That same Jesus who disappeared in the clouds will one day reappear from the clouds. And we know that last day to be judgment day. The disciples after that left and were told that they were actually rejoicing, which may seem very strange because someone leaves like the Lord Savior himself. You would think that they would be very sad. Peter, when Jesus spoke of his suffering and death, actually rebuked Jesus for talking that way. And if you remember the words, Jesus rebuked Peter saying, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. They rejoiced because they knew that the very Savior who ascended into heaven is going to continue to rule the universe for the good of the church to his glory and for the saving of souls. And he certainly rules in our hearts by his holy word here on earth. But they also knew that the Lord gave them a great opportunity of blessing and honor. It's truly great glory to speak his holy name to another and let the light of Christ burn in your hearts that people may see the love of God in your heart and join you in praising the almighty God. So we too continue to rejoice knowing that our Lord will one day return but we also rejoice in sharing that name with everyone we meet. Grow in his word. Know it well. And God bless you with the opportunity to rejoice in sharing it with another. Which could be beginning in your very home. Reaching out to your neighbors. Reaching out to your friends. And reaching out with even the person in the line at the store. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.